Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, Monday afternoon. I know it's tough to start the week off after the Saints lost, but you know, don't let that don't let that get you down. The Saints are three and three. I heard and just sensed something a little different about Dennis Allen following this loss. I felt and heard something a little different from Derek Carr. And so far in the cuts that we've we've played, the audio that we've played from their comments after the game, you don't really hear it in the audio. But there were some some moments when I just felt like Dennis Allen was kind of hinting that if things don't change, we're going to make changes. Now, obviously, they're not going to do anything between now and Thursday night football. And the trucks, the Thursday night football trucks already backed up to the dome, setting things up. But in that period of time after Thursday, especially if they lose, there might be some changes. But, I I mean, I I watched the game just like you, listened to the game on WWL. And, you know, it was just, it was very disappointing. I mean, there were moments when the Saints were just brilliant. And, and look, this was certainly a sign that that things were not going to go well for the Saints. C.J. Stroud, who is just a brilliant young quarterback, He hadn't thrown an interception until yesterday. Who would have figured that C.J. Stroud's first interception would lead to a Texans touchdown? Because that's what happened. Because the interception was fumbled, the Texans recovered, and they went right down and scored a touchdown. (laughs) So his first interception led to a touchdown for the Texans. And it was 7-0. What I did like was I liked that they used Taysom Hill as a receiver more often. And it seemed like they were using him a little deeper at, at times. Uh, there were just really some, um, there were some great plays. Great plays. And then there were some plays where, you know, I, did you notice this? And I, you, you don't see him on every play. But the honey badger was running alongside the Houston runner. He wasn't tackling him. He was waiting for somebody else to tackle him. And then he... he Look, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I saw this just as, as clear as it could be. He's running alongside the Houston runner. And, and then when, when others try to tackle him, he kind of gets involved in the, in the action. And I noticed that last year that he comes along at the, the end of plays to make it seem like um, he's highly involved. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, then in the third quarter, Lattimore interference call at the goal line, first and goal. Then it was fourth and goal, and they had to settle for a field goal. So there were times when the defense was just brilliant. 
And um, the Granderson did a did a, a great job. Uh, Michael Thomas had a good game. Rashid Shaheed had had another good game. Um, again, there were times that uh, Derek Carr was was really great, and there were times that well. He wasn't so great. Anyway, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Saints, and, and I don't know, what thoughts do you have? I mean, is, is, is apathy deepening, or, or do you have hope? I, I have hope. I, I really do. I, I don't know what gives me this hope, but I, I, I do have hope, and I have a positive attitude about, about where the Saints are going to go from here. And all the other teams in our division lost, so we didn't lose any ground. But what needs to change, it seems to me, is the post-game mentality after a loss, and I sensed a little bit of a change. I heard it in Alvin Kamara's voice, too. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Also, low voter, voter turnout. It's embarrassing. 36% turned out to vote, and black voter turnout was low. Why? We, we've heard a couple of explanation, ex, ex, explanations, and so I'd like to hear more about why you think black voter turnout is low. I mean, I, I would just think that, you know, man, this is my opportunity to participate in the system. As screwed up as the system is, this is my opportunity to play a part in this. And my vote equals everybody else's vote. Nobody's vote counts more than, than anybody else's vote. And they want to know what I think. They're asking me for my opinion. And I'm going to participate. Now, I voted for the person that I thought should be the next governor. I don't ever tell you who I voted for, but that person did not win. And last hour, we just talked about this idea of the polls. And somebody mentioned earlier that a lot of people didn't show up because the polls showed that Jeff Landry was going to win. And that's what the polls showed. And, and he did. What if there was no poll? What if there were no polls? And what if people had to just really figure out who they wanted to vote for? as opposed to trying to jump on the bandwagon of the leader, because a lot of people are sheeple, and they're going to follow along because they want to vote for the winner. They want to be for the winner. And that might sound crazy, but it's a, it's a human phenomenon in politics. And so if you're leading in the polls, uh, you're at an advantage. But voter turnout, low voter turnout is... Um, Really sad. All right, before we get to all of that, if you're on hold, stay with us. Uh, Ian is off, and so Coleman is our studio producer. Coleman and I will be taking care of the text messages today. If you want to join us, the Okinawa Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. We cannot forget about this horrific war that is taking place. And there could be Americans that are being held hostage. Americans have died in this um, horrific conflict, and it doesn't look like there's any end in sight. Over a million Palestinians have fled their homes in anticipation of a sweeping ground offensive in Gaza. Israeli forces, supported by U.S. warships, have gathered along the Gaza border and are preparing for what Israel says will be a broad campaign to dismantle Hamas. Aid groups warn an Israeli ground offensive could hasten a humanitarian crisis. A week of blistering airstrikes have demolished neighborhoods but have failed to stop militant rocket fire into Israel. The war began on October the 7th and has become the deadliest of five Gaza wars for both sides, with thousands dead. I'm Karen Chamas. And remember what ex-President Trump says, um, Hezbollah is very smart. All right, then there's the other, ba- other battle going on in 
government here, and that is the battle for Speaker of the House. Okay, so so Kevin McCarthy ousted his Speaker of the House. Um, he had a short-lived campaign, but he's out. Uh, Steve Scalise was out. Jim Jordan has emerged as the leading candidate, and it looks like he's going to be the next Speaker of the House. After Kevin McCarthy's ouster as House Speaker and a short-lived campaign by Majority Leader Steve Scalise, far-right Republican Jim Jordan has emerged as a leading candidate. Ohio Republican Jim Jordan will need the support from nearly every House Republican to make his candidacy for House Speaker a reality. Before lawmakers adjourned Friday, Jordan fell 55 votes short in a private meeting of the House GOP conference. If he overcomes resistance within his own party and rises to the speakership, it will help cement the far right's takeover of the Republican Party. Jordan's a favorite of former President Trump, played an active role in the bid to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election, and refused a congressional subpoena about the January 6th attack. The founding chairman of the House Freedom Caucus and the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Jordan has defended his bare-knuckled approach as rooted in principle, but his reputation could present a challenge to moderate voters as Republicans work to keep or build their House majority in next year's elections. Jennifer King, Washington. In an interview on NBC's Meet the Press, and by the way, Senator Lindsey Graham had to have help sitting up because he has no backbone, he said he's going to support Jim Jordan. If I were in the House, I'd vote for Jim Jordan tomorrow. He's a good man, but we need to get a speaker. Yeah, that would be a good idea. All right, so here's another comment from Dennis Allen. Let's see if we hear it here. I, I, heard, I heard something in Dennis Allen's voice, and I saw something in his body language that was different from the other comments he's made after Saints' losses, where he seems to be so complacent. It seemed like he was more interested in addressing issues and maybe even making changes. He says, look, this is a big boy league, and he said we've got to pick ourselves up and we've got to regroup. We don't have a lot of time to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves, you know. So um, it's a big man's league that, we, that we're in, and, uh, you know, so we got to, you know, pick ourselves up off the mat and regroup, get ready for a good Jacksonville team. All right. Again, I didn't hear it in the audio that we had available for the show, but in, in some of the video that I saw after the game, uh, some of it, I guess, was, was live in his interview, um, I, I just I saw a different body language from, from Coach Allen, and I just felt a little differently about the way Alvin Kamara was speaking and, and Michael Thomas and, and even Derek Carr. So, you know, let's see if the, the team feels a little bit more accountable for – uh, for losing. All right, let's get to some of your calls. Let's go to the North Shore and James. Welcome to WWL. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on today. Sure. I want to start with the Sean Wilson campaign, and you talked about missed opportunities earlier. Yeah. And I and cause the other day I went to talk to a, a late Friday after work, and I was on my way home. I stopped by our house to say hello, and she was. We're talking about the polls the next day and going voting. And she's like, man, I just, I don't know if I could vote for Sean Wilson. He wants to get rid of cars. And, I, you know, well, how can we have someone to get rid of a cars? And I was like, well, wait, I don't believe that was talking in, in context. Like that that um, video of him saying that was talking out of context. I need to know exactly why he was saying that cars need to be taken away from people. And I think Sean Wilson's missed the opportunity. If they're going to say those things about him, he should have came out and said, well, remember – before John Bell Edwards, we didn't have the Medicaid expansion. He gave us a Medicaid expansion. Now, we could have Jeff Landry come and take that away from us. And I would have used that in campaigns to get people out to understand, because that would be something that would hurt so many voters in Louisiana 
if he was decide to take away the Medicaid expansion. Yeah. Just like they said, he's getting ready to call us. We could use that. Well, I got people to the polls. I was able to get out and get people to actually, you know, my family members and, and friends and even the doctors. One of my doctors, we talked about getting to the polls and he got out to the polls. And there's people who were still into this. It's not enough. Just the people who usually went just didn't go. I think that they believed there was going to be a runoff. I think because Jeff Landry didn't win in them polls. Jeff Landry was coming up short. It was the other candidates that looked like they were going to get more votes that just didn't appear. They, those were wrong, definitely wrong. And I think a lot of people said, why waste a vote on them? If more if more people if more people would have voted there there might have been a runoff and uh, and and that would have been a real challenge for Jeff Landry because Jeff Landry was was kind of a was kind of a, a single issue candidate if you believed in his right wing radical policies then you voted for him everybody else voted for all the other candidates so you put all those other votes together and 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 suddenly Jeff Landry's not far in the lead but he is our governor and I am going to approach his his role as governor in our state with a totally open mind. But if he starts messing with the Constitution, if he starts saying crazy stuff about, you know, right-wing radical parents taking over the direction of schools, I'm going to have to say something. But I'm going to approach it with an open mind. All right, if you want to join us with a comment, Oakland Heart Jewelers' talk and text line is 504-260-1870. It feels a little bit more like Halloween is getting close. And it is. And man, some people around Lakeview have have just outdone themselves with really extravagant Halloween decorations. I'm Scoot on the air, and we'll be back on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Scott Walker was reelected Jefferson Parish Council at large division B and Scott joins us on WWL. Scott, congratulations on the reelection victory. Hi, Scoot. Thank you very much. Yeah. So what's the biggest uh, challenge you think you face in Jefferson Parish coming up? Well, one of the biggest challenges immediately is uh, the insurance crisis and what we can do on a local level, along with uh, our Jefferson delegation at the state level to help make our area more insurance for uh, more attractive for insurance companies to come back here and do business. And that's something that I know in the next session, uh, it'll be brought up and, we're going to do as much as we can on the local level as well. You know, some people who may have moved to the New Orleans area and, and this part of the country uh, recently, they may not know this, but you, you gave up a desk anchor job at uh, Channel 6 WDSU. You were a, a TV news anchor, um, you know, makeup and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of, a, I guess, in some ways, it's a glamorous job. What, what's the big difference between being a news anchor and being a politician? Uh, I think they're they're similar in a lot of ways because you're, 
in a way, it's a public service on both sides, just different in different ways. Uh, so I looked at it as continuing uh, a public service career with the people and working for people in a different way. And that's that's kind of how I've always looked at it. Not really a ton of differences, except that on one side you're reporting on what's going on in it, and the other side you're doing what's happening in it. So since you were uh, a reporter, a journalist, and you were a news anchor, um, does that does – that, uh, alter in some ways what you do as a politician knowing that you you know knowing better how to maybe capture the attention of the news and the people absolutely for me i think it's been a tremendous asset to rely on my background um my opponent in this race all the way through criticized me for the way i communicated with people and said i just reported on things other people did well mm-hmm. i always say that i'll never apologize for the way i communicate with constituents because it's the number one thing that people appreciate. That's what we hear about the most. It's like, thank you for calling me back. Thank you for answering that email. Thank you for taking care of this issue. That's what we do on a very basic level. Plus, we get a ton of great work done as well outside of the day-to-day stuff in the office. Scott, how do you how do you justify low voter turnout, uh, lower than it's been in, in, in a long, long time in Louisiana for, you know, in some ways, uh, I mean, the, the front runner in the governor's race was um, was was in the lead from the very beginning, but it was still a contentious race. Why why such vo- low voter turnout? I don't know. It's so easy to vote. It always frustrates me when I see low voter turnout. But um, people have reasons, and I think in this in this election specifically, maybe what what drove it down in Jefferson Parish to a certain extent was the fact that there wasn't much question about how the governor's race was going to turn out in most people's minds, except for the fact that there's no runoff. I think that shocked a lot of people. But then we didn't have a parish president race in Jefferson Parish. We didn't have a sheriff's race in Jefferson Parish. A couple of the council seats were decided. So it wasn't as much to get people out. I still would have hoped that more people would have come out to vote for the races that were there. But I can understand this time around, as opposed to four years ago, why it was significantly down. Yeah. Well, Scott, thanks for responding to us when we need to, to talk to you. And, and you do communicate with the people. And uh, I want to congratulate you on your victory. We just want to um, congratulations. Say hi. Anytime, Scoot. Thanks so much. All right. Scott Walker, he was the uh, victor. Re-election, uh, re-election bid was successful. Jefferson Parish Council at large. Uh, Division B. All right. If you're on hold, stay with us. We'll get to your calls here in just a moment. I- I'm getting some text here from um, a, a lot of people who are scared of uh, Jeff Landry. And I've talked about this during the campaign. The things that scare me about Jeff Landry are now being shared by a lot of people. Uh, Here's a text that says, under Jeff Landry, the only book that will be available in the library will be the Bible. Another text says that, uh, let's see, uh, what about Landry being an election denier and wanting to prosecute women who travel to other states to terminate a pregnancy? Those are serious things. Jeff Landry still thinks Trump won. He still insists that Trump won. And you and I know that's not true. Even Trump supporters know that's not true. And then here's what I love. Remember when Roe v. Wade was essentially overturned by the Supreme Court? And the conservative talking point was this. Okay, we really didn't overturn Roe v. Wade. We just turned it over to the states. Yeah, that's all we did. We turned it over to the states to decide. Because after Roe v. Wade was essentially overturned by the Supreme Court, people across this country voiced their opinions, and conservatives and Republican voters were freaking out over this. They were not happy at all. And so the Republican talking point became this. We didn't do that. We're just leaving it up to the states. Okay, if you want to leave it up to the states, that's fine. 
But then don't prosecute a woman for going to another state. If you're leaving it up to the states and another state allows for a woman to have an abortion up to a certain point, you can't prosecute her for going to that state. I, I mean, you can't. I mean, you, you can if you want to be a total hypocrite. But I mean, that's that's it's ridiculous to want to punish somebody from going to another state. And then I thought the great hypocrisy was if the whole pro-life campaign is based on not killing children, because that's what the, the campaign is. You're killing babies. Um, then why would it be OK for one state to say, well, you can kill babies in our state, but you can't do it in, in your state? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. But that was the talking point. So, I mean, it's, it's so easy to see through these things. Let's go to uh, Marcel in Macomb. Marcel, you're on WWL. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Scoop. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm really, uh, you, you say don't let it get you down, but I think the Saints could do so much better. And yeah, um, I, I think it. that, I, know. I don't think Carr is the best choice. But anyway, more importantly is the low voter turnout. Mm-hmm. Especially black voters. And people have said, well, the Democrats didn't go out and really get their vote. Or, um, you know, we already knew who the front runner is. And in my opinion, all of those excuses are just that, excuses. Mm-hmm. Because um, it is within my lifetime that people were still being jailed and, and, and had to fight for the right to vote. Do, do, do black people have... Have we forgotten about what was the previous generation? The, the number one opposition to the civil rights movement was the right to vote. People were bombed out, burned out, businesses were destroyed. Uh, men were emasculated, women were raped, and to control people to not uh, vote. My parents were educators in the 60s, and my dad was fired because he took place in voter registration drives. Hmm. And, and, and it's, like, it's like there's no memory. It is pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic that a black adult would not vote. And it's, 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 there's no excuse for it. I don't care if they didn't um, uh, come in to, to your neighborhood and knock on your door. I don't care if the polls discourage you. If you are an adult, a black man or woman, and you didn't vote, then... We are not friends. Stop inviting me over. Don't, please don't let me invite you over. I don't want to be your friend. It's a powerful statement, Marcel, and I, 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 I agree with you because the, the right to vote for black Americans is very recent in our history, relative to history. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a new battle. I mean, they're, they're baby boomer, black baby boomers, you know, realize that fight uh, firsthand. And so some information some some passion should have been passed down from generation to generation how important it is to vote and when i hear about low black voter turnout i think you know blacks are just not being fairly represented but in a way it's their own fault can i say one thing one more thing sure all right yes it is our own fault it is is absolutely our fault the last time voter turnout was this low bobby jindal won re-election and the first thing he did that I can remember after he won re-election was to attack Southern University of New Orleans. Had he been successful, what would have been next? Would it have been Grambling? Would it have been Southern Baton Rouge? You know, um, so now we have an, another person who is like-minded with Bobby Jindal, and, um, and, and, and we got the book banning. We have, we have 
Um, we have a black population in Louisiana per capita, second in the nation, only to Mississippi. And we cannot get a second majority black district because the Republican legislature has refused to draw it in. In Alabama, they refused it even after the Supreme Court mandated it. And so knowing all of that, and we still didn't vote. Denial of black rights in this country is just so amazing. I mean, before the Civil Rights before the Civil Rights Act of 1964, there was a constitutional amendment that guaranteed blacks the right to vote, and they still didn't have the right to vote. So they had the, the Civil Rights Act, and that certified once again that blacks had the right to vote. But I agree with you. This low black voter turnout well, is astonishing. Actually, to the me. Voting Rights Act is what is what um, reinforced black voting rights. The Civil Rights Act tried to address it, but the Civil Rights Act did not go far enough to address the smaller, what people considered the smaller things, and, and, and voting was actually one of the bigger things, but it took another act in 65 to enshrine black people's right to vote, and still the Republicans are attacking that. They, they've already diminished part of the Voting Rights Act, and, 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 there, and there's a Supreme Court that's really not... I was surprised when they, when they, the way they, um, the way they judged the the issue with the Alabama uh, second majority minority majority district, but they they have they have um, watered down. They have weakened the Voting Rights Act of '65. Well, Marcel, look, um, I'm on your side. Uh, I'm for equality, and I'm also for encouraging everybody to get out and, and, and vote. I mean, look what happened in New Orleans in the mayor's race when a few people turned out to vote. Look what happened in Louisiana when a few people turned out to vote. Extremists win. If you want to join us with a comment, the Okanagan Jewelers Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. On the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture Calendar on this day in 1976, this was the number one song in the country. Kind of embarrassing, but this was number one on this day in 1976. It was the height of the disco era. Yep, this was it. Number one, Disco Duck. Disc jockey Rick Dees was the genius behind this. He was a great guy. He was a he was a great disc jockey. I, I don't know what I don't, whatever happened to him. I know he went to L.A., but I don't know where he is today. I'm Scoot on the air, and we'll be right back on WWL. You know, I kind of had a busy weekend. I, I didn't get a chance to, uh, to to go to the Taylor Swift movie, but I'm going to go maybe one day this week. I'm sure a lot of you went this weekend and saw it. I'm Scoot on the air. Billy Nungesser, Lieutenant Governor, won by a huge margin, 66% of the vote. And Lieutenant Governor, congratulations on your victory. Thank you, my friend. Good to be with you. Yeah, look, I know you talked to Newell earlier, and you probably talked to Tommy, too, so I know you're just getting around to me. But I appreciate you taking time to, uh, to talk to me. But anyway, I just want to talk to you anyway and congratulate you on, on a good victory. Well, thank you, my friend. It was really uh, heartwarming, and I'm humbled to have so much support. Uh, from all across the state. It was really uh, special. I wish you would have run for governor, uh, but that's a whole different story. We'll talk about that another time. Um, I'm sure your <laughs> your, your future is still um, still somewhat uncertain in terms of what you might ultimately do, but you're doing a great job as lieutenant governor, and what a great job. I mean, you get to travel around the world selling Louisiana to people. It really is. I tell you, I tell people it's the best job in the world. We do have the best people, and I tell you, besides all the assets and and things in our toolbox of selling Louisiana, 
It's the people. You know, we treat strangers like family, and they leave here with a friend for life, and they keep coming back for more. So the record numbers in tourism that we enjoy here in Louisiana uh, attributed mainly to the people here and the way we treat people. Yeah, look, in a lot of ways, it's uh, it is special, and I and I, I love doing the uh, the commercials for the Louisiana State Parks because it's a it's just a great resource that we have here. And in the fall and winter, those people who take those quick trips to the the Gulf Coast during the summer, they can take those quick trips um, in the fall and winter to the state parks. Absolutely, and you know we've got glamping now that's been really popular all over the state. We've partnered with a glamping company, so people that don't want to go out and buy all the camping equipment. Uh, they just get their sleeping bag. They've got a queen-size bed in a tent with a fire pit, and it's a really great opportunity for families to get out and try camping before they go invest in a tent and a lot of equipment. All right, so in addition to cabins, some places have cabins, you, you've got, like, nice tents that are already set up. Right, and one of them, you take a canoe out to an island. Another one in wow. North Louisiana, they give, you, they give you bear spray. It's three miles back in the woods. you got to hike to it. Really? I kind of like the one you pull your car right up next to. That's the one for me. <laughs> yeah, camp, camping for me was having to stay in a Ramada Inn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not much for the but, – but a lot of people love that outdoor stuff, and, and uh, Louisiana State camps are, are, are great for that. All right, so what's in the future for our state? Well, we hope to get this museum uh, system straight. You know, we, we did a study to show what's the way to get it, make it the best it can be. And the people in Shreveport don't care about New Orleans museums and vice versa. So we're going to ask the legislature to divide up three boards, one in New Orleans, one in Baton Rouge, one in Shreveport. We're going to ask the Secretary of State to put their museums under the same board. And then we're going to promote all 211 museums all over the state. Many were given back to local government with no money to fund, uh, you know, marketing, advertising. So they, they just sit in there. So we, we bought the name LouisianaMuseums.com, and we're going to promote every museum in every corner of the state. And then I'm going to give up control of the director. Years ago, the lieutenant governor took it away from uh, the board, and we lost all of our foundation money. Private foundations don't want to give money to a politician. So I'm going to give up control that each board hire their own director, and then uh, we'll see a lot of that foundation money come back to the museum system and really get them in the best shape they can it can be in. All right. Well, congratulations on your victory. It was nice seeing you at the uh, Who's Got Talent Kelly Kicking Cancer event the other day. You're a nice judge. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the person who won was was outstanding. Great, great talent there every year. We really do have great talent. Always enjoy being with you, my friend. Yeah. And uh, take care of my girlfriend. Your wife's looking really good. Thank you, my friend. I'll tell her. All right. I know she loves the show, and I appreciate that. All right. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, congratulations on your victory. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, if you're on hold, stay with us. We'll get to uh, to your calls uh, coming up. We've, we've been talking about low voter, voter turnout, and I, I just, you know, why? Why? And, and why low black voter turnout? Why? I mean, your vote is equal to anybody else's vote. You have total equality when it comes to voting. And you can vote. And regardless of what people maybe have tried to to do to take away your vote, you've got the right to vote, man. Stand up and be strong and get out there and vote. And it's just, it's, it's sad that more people don't participate. I think there's something healthy about the process of physically and emotionally participating in the system. 
Also, we've been talking about the Saints. LSU won, Tulane won. That's great. The Saints lost. And I know that this was a game on the on the schedule, and it this was a game that the Saints were supposed to win. They did not win. They lost. And there were many, many missed opportunities. But I sense there might be some frustration, and that's one thing that has always bothered me. After a loss, there doesn't seem to be enough frustration. Now I'm sensing there is frustration with the coach and also with the players. And I wouldn't be surprised if things don't go well. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see maybe a few changes. All right, on the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar on this day in 2001, Bob Dylan was turned away by security guards at the Exposition Center in Oregon. He didn't have credentials. It was 2001, and and they didn't know it was Bob Dylan. And so the guard said that they were told that nobody was allowed in without a pass, and Bob Dylan didn't have a pass, so they didn't let him in. Obviously, he eventually got in, and the security guards were were, were fired. But, I mean, all he had to do was try to sing. I mean, and you would have recognized, oh, yeah, that's Bob Dylan. I'm Scoot. We'll be back on WWL. Well, today we wish happy birthday to uh, Brian Wilson's daughter, Wendy Wilson. She was part of Wilson Phillips, and this was a big number one hit that they had. Wendy Phillips. I'm sorry, Wendy Wilson. China Phillips, Wendy Wilson, Carney Wilson. Yeah, that was it. She's 54 years old today. I'm, I'm going to post, a, in honor of her birthday, I'll post a, a picture of, uh, of Wendy recently on our uh, Facebook page. It's a Scoot on the Air Facebook, so uh, check that out. Also, uh, coming up in the next hour, I want to share with you this uh, new song from the Rolling Stones. They've got an album coming out. They've released one single. They've released a new single, The Sweet Sounds of Heaven. It's the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger, Lady Gaga, and Stevie Wonder. I think it's extraordinary. I mean, I think it's one of Mick Jagger's best things in a long, long time. And it's cool that he's 80 years old and still doing it. We'll share that with you coming up in the next hour on WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.